welcome to the Magic Missile Podcast. Uh, before we start the session, I wanted to uh, start with a quick reminder of who our players are in this campaign and what characters they play. Uh, so we'll start and go around the table and introduce ourselves and give your character name, race, and class, and then one of your favorite memories as your character, just to kind of introduce yourself. So to start out, we'll start off with Jean, if you want to go first. No, I'm Mike. I play Jean. I don't know what to say. Uh... uh... Uh, race, class, and favorite memory as your character. <laughs> I'm already panicking for some reason. <laughs> um, this isn't new. <laughs> this is my first day. But um, I'm Mike. I play Jean. Uh, I am a halfling bard. Um, I uh, support the group. Uh, I am the dad of the group. Um, and right now we're looking for Rife here. All right. Uh, let's go Tobar. All right. Uh, name's Matt. Play Tobar. He is a gnome ranger. And best memory would probably be the day that I got smoky. Okay. And then uh, let's do Voir. Uh, I'm Tom. I play uh, Voir. Uh, he's a half-elf <laughs> illusionist. Uh, favorite memory as the character is probably... Um, I really the dragon fight was pretty was pretty cool and um and all you know sort of his death and and resurrection jesus nice. styles nice. yeah uh let's let's jump up to rife here uh name is josh i play rife here he's a variant of human and his favorite memory as a child is when he used to live in edrin and his father took him to Ursalonia to compete in a hand-to-hand -hand fighting competition with members of the Valor Guard and people who were good at roughhousing. And his father won the adult division, and he won the child's division and was the strongest, like, young teenager, 11, 12-year-old, whatever. And that was, like, like his favorite thing up until adulthood. Nice. Uh, and then, last but not least, let's jump to load. Intelligence-wise, I am the least. Uh, I'm Stevie. I play Lode Vilchelm, a 15-year-old half-orc barbarian. Happens to be level 9, actually, as well. Um, Lode is not very smart, but he's lovable and he means well. And probably my favorite memory is playing as Lode so far has been punking on the Valor Guard whenever we can. All right. All right. Well, uh, just to do a, a quick recap before we jump into things, um, this party, known as the Chainbreakers, have been attempting to prevent the apocalypse after accidentally setting into motion the events that will bring it about. They had unintentionally released five mages, disciples of an evil necromancer known as Diabolus the Dark Prince. Since then, they've explored the western side of Ursulonia and discovered a trio of ancient protectors across the land known as Leviathans. In their journey, they've come across a rogue from Portsford named Davfin, who the party returned to a human form after he was left polymorph into a cat. Uh, they made their way through to Brashev, a small town of giant folk, and found their way into Orge Rest. Well, at least most of them found their way. Once in Orge Rest, Jean, Voir, Lode, and Tobar explored a city that seemed frozen in time. 
Within minutes of arriving, they were attacked by the same fiendish entities that they had fought back in the town of Dry Gulch. After defeating the first round, the party learned from a farmer that the citizens of the town were being tortured while in their stasis-like state, and that defeating the creatures that roamed the streets were the key to saving the city. The group made their way to a nearby temple for protection, only to find a crudely drawn picture nailed to the door. This picture depicted the four of them standing in front of the temple looking at the drawing, something that someone only with the ability to see into possible futures could have known. We rewind a little bit back before Orge Rest to the woods outside of Brashev. Right here, you're following the rest of the party behind Davfin. Rylus leads the group to a hardy tree and pulls open a doorway in the trunk of the tree. The doorway, once formed, springs to life with a glittery purple glow. The party, starting with Lode and Voir, head through the newly created doorway, and one by one, members of the party disappear until it's Daphne's turn. Daphne steps up to the doorway, and then turns and looks directly at you, Rifir, with a knowing, devious smile. He steps backward through the glittery portal, and invites you to follow. What do you do? Go forward. Follow okay. him. Okay. Right, you you step out through this this portal and feel a rush of wind fly past you. You look behind you and the doorway is closed. You stand in darkness. You find yourself on solid ground. I mean, at least that's the one thing that you're fairly certain of. You can make out a dark mist that drifts lazily around your feet. The world around you is black, as if all light sources were extinguished. Ahead of you, seemingly hundreds of feet away, a small reddish-orange light flickers to life. It grows closer and closer until the source of the light is within what looks to be about 100 feet. Uh, the light appears to be coming from a sphere hovering in midair on fire. As it approaches, you hear a voice echo from all around you, but also from in you, as if it was coming from inside your own head. It's a voice you're familiar with, but not one that you've met in person. You know of this voice because the legend of it has been passed down through your clan for generations. Right here. Chosen one, your clan has been tasked with the protection of my artifact. For too long, the artifact has not been in your protection. With it no longer in your control, your end of the bargain 
has been forfeit. With the details of our agreement, you now have the period of two full moons to regain possession of the artifact, or you and your clan will face the agreed upon consequences. In silence, you feel a cold breeze as the mist continues to blow at your, your ankles. And then suddenly, just as soon as you found yourself in that space, it was gone. The world as you know it comes back into focus, and you find yourself in a large gathering hall. The walls are loosely, lightly decorated. Um, torches hang along the, the walls and appear to still be lit. Tables and, and chairs are set for food service, but it doesn't look to be populated with anybody. There's no one moving around, no one setting tables. I need you to make a perception check for me. All right. Uh, so you just rolled a perception check. You rolled a 10. And as you're you're kind of taking in the the quiet gathering hall here, you start to wonder, where are you? And as you're thinking about this, just a moment too late, you hear something behind you. Um, you hear a slight scuffle on the floor as something moves closer to you. Go ahead and roll. Let me see here. Roll a strength saving throw for me. Strength saving throw. That is a, a nine. All right. As, as you start to hear the, the slight scuffle behind you, you turn and look, but not fast enough. And as you turn, you find yourself suddenly on your back on the floor. And you take 11 points of damage from this throw as you're slammed into the ground. Erg. And as you're, you're staring up, kind of stunned from being thrown onto the ground, you look up into some very familiar eyes. You look into a set of bright blue eyes that match the same intensity as yours. In fact, this person looks fairly similar to you, if not a little bit older. Um, you recognize the person who just threw you as you fear. Dad. And we're going to jump over to the rest of the party. Um, Chainbreakers, you find yourself standing in front of a temple. Nailed to the door is a rough charcoal sketch of the four of you looking at that very drawing. Uh, in front of the temple. To the left, you see a plaque uh, on the side next to the door that says the Temple of Ealdir. And as you're, you're standing there looking over this drawing, you hear more of the same screeches and screams uh, from the, the creatures that you fought earlier. I need everybody to roll a perception check for me. I rolled a 19. John rolled a 19. Jobar, 28. 15. 15. Awesome. Cool. So, Tobar, you notice immediately, um, having essentially been teleported to another realm and, and brought back, uh, you have gotten very familiar with the screeches of the phase sturge 
and you hear several more of them uh, coming up behind you. Um, I need the four of you to roll initiative. Seven. Sixteen. Nine. Nice. Uh, that is a nine for Jean. Nine bros. As you start to hear these uh, these phase surges around you, you also hear the scream of a void grasper, the uh, large bipedal uh, creatures with the long spear-like arms. Uh, and one of them creeps around the corner from you, um, close to you. Um, we're going to start with the face surge. Uh, and it is going to move close to the party and then attack Smokey as Smokey is the closest target. A 24 to hit. Okay. That, that hits. And rolling damage. Six damage uh to smoky the face surge um latches on to smoky burying its proboscis deep into smoky's fur and just holds on this face surge is now latched onto smoky um tightly um that brings us to tobar you're up i am going to have smoky hit that guy okay with a bite attack. Oof. Uh, a nine. A nine does not hit. Okay. Um, in that case, then I'm going to take one of my two shots to him. Okay. Normal. 16. A 16 hits. With nine damage. And then. Uh, as the arrow goes into this, uh, this surge. It basically just falls out of Smokey's fur, uh, dead on the ground. All right, I'm gonna shoot the next guy. Um, okay, another phase surge, twenty-four to hit. That definitely hits. And this one, I'm adding sneak attack damage to it, but it won't matter anyways. Yep, that phase surge oh. also is shot out of the air. Um, and falls to the ground dead. So there's one phase surge left, and the um, void grappler or void grasper, excuse me. And then you guys are going to see me run 15 feet yelling, I'm not going back. I'm not going back. <laughs> <laughs> Brings us to the void grasper's turn. Um, it is going to use an arm, it's going to um, move a little bit closer to Vor. Uh, it's going to move a little closer to Vor and use uh, the arm spike attack and take its one of its uh, long arm spears and drive it, try to drive it into um, into Vor. I don't can't remember when I'm required to declare this, but I'm just going to throw it out that I'm using shield. Okay. Well, that's a nat twenty. Oh, that'll uh, do it. <laughs> oh no! Six. Um. And rolling damage, uh, that is thirty points of damage. Thirty-two points of damage. That'll take me. I'm down. Var's unconscious. And Var, you are unconscious. And as the arm spike uh, pierces into you, um, it pulls its arm back, 
and holds on to you. So you are, once again, as you were in Dry Gulch, uh, on the arm unconscious of a, um, a Void Grasper. Um, let's see. All right. <laughs> that brings us to Jean. Cool. <clears throat> um, so Voir just got pretty messed up by the dude in front of us. But there's also one of those Sturges uh, behind him, correct? That is I mean, correct. Voir is dying. <laughs> he didn't just get pretty messed up. Voir is on dying. Voir is actually at below zero hit points. <laughs> so dramatic. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry, though. Uh, was there anything like a grapple or something like this dude has Voir? It currently has Voir's body grappled. I guess, uh, okay, I guess my question should be, can I touch Voir? <laughs> yeah, you're close enough you could touch Voir. It's a little weird that you want to touch him when he's dead, but you know what? <laughs> I'm, I'm actually wondering if I don't want to do that, I'm going to be honest. Um, I mean, if he wakes up, he's going to be just, like, impaled on a, an arm. <laughs> he's had worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, I think I am going to... I'm going to go ahead and cast Dissidence of Whispers on uh, the uh, Sturge in the back there. Okay. Uh, for my main action. And that's a Wisdom saving throw? Yes, Wisdom. Uh, your save is DC 16. And he rolled a 2, and he has a minus 1, so that is a 1. Nice. Um, and so go ahead and roll your damage. All right. And what does your, your Dissident Whispers look like? What What do you... What do you say? What do you do? Uh, I uh, whisper uh, uh, a small chant and almost like a, a, a purple wave of, of psychic energy kind of ripples out, um, you know, past everyone. Uh, it almost disappears in between where when I say the words and where it hits the, the sturge. Uh, but you can see and when it hits, it hits hard and it hits fast. And that it does. Uh, as soon as that, that wave of energy hits the Sturge, the Sturge seems to like shake in midair uh, and shake more and more violently until it like just loses control and slams itself into the ground, mad with, with rage from these whispers. Uh, and that Sturge is also killed. Great. Uh, as a bonus action, I will use Healing Word on Voir as well. Okay. Um, and I'll use it for a... I'll use it for a first level spell slot. Um, save what we're going to be doing for right now. Uh, it's only six health to Voir as of right now. Okay. So Voir, you, you come back up with just a little bit of health, um, but you are still impaled on this this arm spike. Uh, and it's kind of going through your your abdomen. Not the best way to wake up. Um, <laughs> it was how I went to sleep, so... It's true. Um, unfortunately, there's no, like, Folgers to, to help you wake up. It's just, like, arm spike in your in your side. Um, but that would bring us to your turn, Vor. I'm going to attack him. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, I'll use Blight on him. Okay. Uh, at the third level. Con save. DC 17. Wow. He rolls a nat 20 uh, for a 22 con save. 
All right. And for a bonus action, see if I got anything. Uh, so he does oh. take half as much damage, so feel free to roll that damage and he'll take something nice. at least. That was a lot of dice. Yeah, that's uh, 48 damage uh, halved, which is 24, which is no insignificant number. Um, Vor, what does that, that blight look like? How does that, that uh, hit him? So Vor reaches down and grabs the impaling spike that's within him and just sort of, you know, the blue lines on his arms glow bright and you sort of, and you see it looks like he's withering as he drains moisture from the creature. Um, oh, that's which sick. Is already pretty, mis- pretty withered looking, but even yeah, more that's so. really cool. Looking like a raisin. Uh, any bonus action? Anything else you're doing on your turn? Can I use a move action to escape the grapple? Roll a just a dexterity check. Dexterity. All right. And that is an 11. Uh, rolled an 8 plus 3, 11. Uh, so you, you try to push yourself off of this spike uh, as you, you cast Blight, uh, but the, the necrotic energy that you're sending into the Void Grasper um, takes enough out of your, your waveform that you're not fully able to take yourself off the spike completely. Uh, so you are still impaled at this time. Cool. Uh, any Anything else we're doing? Got him right where I want him. <laughs> uh, that brings us to Smokey. Uh, Got him within arm's reach. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> he ain't going nowhere. Uh, Smokey's going to run up to here. Okay. To get the nice little bit of uh, advantage. Yep. And... Flanking. Get on the other side from, yeah. from Voir. And for whatever reason, his stuff and his feature is not working. Okay, Smokey attack advantage. Was that his page? Is that one and a one two and a two? Uh, so which eight. one would you like to take? <laughs> which the the better one leads to a six. A six is not going to do it, unfortunately. And uh, I'm going to sit there and I'm just going to shake my head a bit, and then I'm going to take my two pop shots at him. And because he is working with a uh, another person next to him, I am going to use sneak attack on the first one that hits. Okay, so that's a 23 to hit, which definitely hits. Sneak damage is 1, followed by 11 damage, so 12 damage. 12 damage, awesome. And then I rolled another 23, actually. And that one will be another 9 damage, so 20... 21 points of damage. Nice. Uh, what does it look like as your your arrows fly off into him? Yeah, so as I'm shaking my head at Smokey, um, I load up one arrow and I fling it straight off and literally as quick as I can get it, the next one goes flying pretty much tip to, to feather, I guess, as they just enter the eye socket and the other one enters the other eye socket and just sit there. Nice. So this uh, this void grasper now is just looking around with two, um, basically half of an arrow sticking out of its face on each side of his face. Um, it wasn't really using the eyes anyway, um, but it is now um, 
Well, look, looks like uh, you can pull them out for some nice kick pops. Um, nice. Um, I want to make sure bonus action. Oh, I was going to do this last turn. Um, I want to go ahead and put uh, bonus action on this guy as well. So I'll be hitting three. Or oh, Hunter's Mark. All my other stuff. Uh, yeah, okay. I'm sorry. Cool. Uh, cool. And then, uh, we'll pop over to load load. What are you, uh, what are you planning to do here? Do, do, do you know if I'm still, um, do you know if I'm still raging Tyler? Uh, you are not raging. We ended the last session, uh, as you had, um, had some time to wander to a new area and everything kind of, there was enough time that had passed that you are no longer raging. Okay, that's all good. I am going to move up by this dude. I'm going to attack this guy. All right. Make it happen. <laughs> Roll that beautiful dice footage. Do it. Great axe. Um, a 27 definitely hits. Uh, go ahead and roll your damage. 12 damage. All right. The 28 does hit. Oh, my. For seven damage. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Nailed it. That, that's all I've got. <laughs> uh, you see the... Uh, as the arm is stuck inside Vor still, um, Vor's kind of sliding and pushing himself off the arm. Everyone's kind of ganging up on this Void Grasper, and it's taken a beating. It's not looking great. Um, as we go to the top of the order with Tobar, you are up. Smokey's gonna pretty much same as last time. Um, Smokey's up. Good roll. He's gonna finally hit. Yep, that definitely hits. Smokey rolled a twenty-two uh, within eight. Actually, um, let me roll one more time for Smokey because um, he actually has advantage. Just to see if it's not twenty. It's not okay. So yeah, eight damage. Okay. And then I am going to. Hit twice. The first one is going to take uh, sneak attack damage. The 22 hits. All right. The 22 gets sneak attack of six plus the three from my hunter's mark. So whatever all of that is. So 20 damage if we're counting the, the 11 from the short bow, six from sneak attack and the three from hunter's mark. Uh, that cool. is 20 damage. Uh, how do you want to do this? So these ones, I see that the uh, eyes were not that effective. So this one I send, and it goes straight down the throat and sticks out the back of his head, straight through the spinal cord. All right. Uh, as the, the arrow goes through, you hear a sickly <laughs> as it falls to the ground. Um, and the city is quiet once more. Roll for Romance is a 5e actual play D&D podcast featuring five friends thirsty for D20. If you're a fan of body jokes, ribald one-liners, and heaps of romance. Romance? In my D&D? Why, I never. Why in my day we played Dungeons and Dragons the good old-fashioned way? No need for aphrodisiacs. From sexy shenanigans to star-crossed lovers, each episode is ribbed for your oral pleasure. I think I've got the vapors. Oh, oh my. Here's an out-of-context sneak peek. 
Damn it, Melace. Chadley's a squirrel, not a doctor. Madam, I take out the trash, not pleasure it. Are you gonna finally kiss me, sugar? Or do I have to lie to my diary again? I'll probably waste away from some tragic disease. <coughs> Roll for Romance, where every NPC has a plus five to sexy. Episodes are published every other Thursday. Find us on your favorite podcast platforms. Right here. You find yourself staring up at you fear. Um, someone you are very familiar with. And he looks down at you. This how did you get how are you here? I was looking for you. He uh he reaches down to to offer you a hand to stand back up. Take it grab and pull myself back up i've gotten used to just attacking first and asking questions later there aren't many things that move left where have you been when did you leave home about a week and a half ago is everyone still okay there has this reached the crossroads yet? This hasn't, but I left for our own clan's sake. That voice. You've, you've heard it. Just now. Before I met you. Erzan is reaching out to us. He, he knows we don't have it. I didn't even know if it was real. We've tried to keep that illusion for outside the clan. And it's easier if inside the clan believes it to be a myth as well. But I've been on the hunt for a while now. And in doing so, I've had to reach out to our trading partners and I believe word has gotten out that it is missing. I have no idea where it could be. I mean, I might have an idea as to there's a lot we need to get caught up on. That there is. This artifact, though, it takes precedence. It takes priority over all else i mean you can feel it too can't you yes the waning of our our powers the shadows no longer comforting as they once were i've noticed that before it has come in different manners for me i i can no longer manipulate the shadows as i used to and as you, you look at him, you see what used to be a, a fairly younger looking man, even in his older age. Um, he had reached a, a level of, of being a monk that 
the signs of his aging had slowed down drastically. Um, but as you study his face, as you talk, you see wrinkles that you didn't see before. You see lines in his face that that weren't there previously, as if something was was essentially drawing the power out of him um, and, and taking that away. That mark on your back, is it still there? As far as I can tell. I came here. I I have a contact here. His name is Roken. But the, the current state of the city makes it hard to find anyone. This has been all over. It's been getting worse since we've been... Well, since we've broken... Uh, a little bit after I crossed the border, about a year and a half, I found myself in a in a traveling party. I don't have any memory of what happened the night before, but I found myself with a new group of companions and in trying to find a missing person, we broke an amount of chains that were holding back some creature or some group of creatures. And now the five of them have gotten out and they've become one. They've molded together and... Uh, I guess I'm partially responsible, but I guess the what I'm saying is I sort of caused all this. Do not blame yourself. No. Nothing good can come of dwelling on this. I don't blame myself. I just figured you should be up to speed on a number of things. He nods solemnly. Roken contacted me before all of this. He would be waiting at the docks north on the north end of town. Uh, Can, there are a lot of things about the Fear Clan that you uh, have been shielded from. Roken is a long-standing friend of the Fear Clan. Someone who deals in artifacts of, of high value. And if anyone would know where where Urzan's artifact is, it would be Roken. Can he handle himself in a fight? Is there a chance he's still alive? It's possible. Everyone that I've seen seems to be frozen. I hope Roken is still out there. Before uh, I left, but you mentioned we still knew people in Edrin. He, he nods. I, uh, in breaking up the plans of one of the magic users that was behind all this, um, see, they had a few, well, plans laid out and areas of operation, and two of them were in Edrin. And, uh, I don't. Josh, the player, doesn't remember what Ryfear would remember the specific spots on the map where where we saw when we took down Gavash Nightshade, where she had the pieces drawn out on the on like the world map. Yep. Like I said, just tell him where they were. It's like do, don't know if that's anywhere close to any of our people. I will send word and 
make sure they're aware. Something else you should know. A man named Welby that you used to, well, I don't know what relation you had to him, but he said he had met you. Or his student said he had met you. Uh, he's passed away. He looks down and, and for the first time in a while, um, you see like a genuine emotion flash across you for your face. Uh, just for a split second, uh, you see kind of a, a pained look as he, he kind of looks down and off into the distance. But it, he quickly regains his, his composure. He was a good man. It's unfortunate. We, we could have used someone like him. From what I hear. Here, in our search, as an ally to the clan. Come, we must find Roken. We must find this artifact. And right. he starts to lead you out of the the room and into uh, the street. And um, go ahead and roll a perception check for me. Uh, perception. All right, that's a 16. Um, as you, you walk out into the street, you take a look around and see a sign hanging on the building that you just leave. Um, and on it is a, um, a carving of a rooster and underneath it, it says the mischievous rooster in and tavern. The sign is, is hanging only by one chain. Normally it's hanging by two and it's, it's kind of lazily swinging in the, the slight breeze. The sky is dark around you pitch black as unnatural darkness um and off in the distance you hear a few screeches that you haven't heard before they seem similar to the sounds that you heard in dry gulch um, but they are not something that you have come across yet you fear grabs a pole that he was using um as a staff and he readies himself as the screams get closer and closer. We're going to cut back over to the rest of the party. Um, silence has now filled the, the area around the temple. And you no longer hear these screams. You no longer hear the shouts. A moment passes. And the door to the temple that you're next to kind of loosely pops open. And as that pops open, you uh, start to see the sky above you clear. Um, and you hear kind of as if the, the district around you breathes a sigh of relief as everyone kind of came out of their stasis uh, during this time. What do you guys do? Um. So I know I'm going to be looking at Vor, who looks right screwed up. Um, and I'm going to go over to him and uh, give him my health potion and say, Hey, uh, looks like you need this a hell of a lot more than I do. I, I mean, I'll let you do it if you want, but I mean, Jean could definitely help out. Yeah, but I mean, this one is more of a, you don't have to use a skill for it. And I've got 
two or three on me. So, I mean, I'm fine. I was thinking about getting a new Pearson, but I don't think it's my look. I just chuckle and go. <laughs> uh, um, let's keep you without holes in you. Seems harder and harder every day. Thank you, Fred. <laughs> uh, Var takes a health potion um, and he'll drink it. Um, think, thinking, uh, Tobar. How would you live without holes in you? Like you wouldn't have a mouth. <laughs> or a nose or ears yeah no i know yeah no no additional holes <laughs> so are we just going to beeline it to the next section to... all right Plus so four is, Bar is back to 14 health which is basically okay. half health for him so. <laughs> <laughs> as you all stand and, and look around um you see that there is a bit of firelight coming from inside the the temple behind you uh, where you saw the the drawing um, the the rest of the uh, area around appears to still be in a, a state of a little bit of ruin um, buildings have have been uh, attacked in this process uh, the the bar that you had saved uh, those those two individuals from uh, in the the last battle uh, you can see the the shell of it. Um, but the the temple appears to be almost pristine, as if it hasn't been touched. But we see you a light coming the, from inside. Is that right? Yes. Door opened. Yes. Can we see in there, or we're not entirely? Uh, it's just like off the latch. Essentially, it's not fully open. Tobar, do you want me to make you invisible, and you can go in and check it out for us? Sure. That's fine with me. Okay. I mean, I'm uh, stealthy. I could do it. Yeah, man. Pass. Totally. You probably could. Um, we just don't want to use that much power for this moment. Like that, that's just a little overkill if we make you invisible. Like you would just do so great at it. Okay, I'm I'm humbled. Yeah, load. I'm not feeling real well. I need you out here protecting me. Yeah. You know. And I'm chuffed. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm here for you. I don't think Lo knows the word chuffed. 100%. He's probably heard it. <laughs> Not going to lie, I don't know if Matt knows the word. <laughs> Broken clock is right twice a day, right? Lode is now a Victorian <laughs> England gentleman. Lode had said, said the word learned before. He's like, I'm not much of a learned man on that. Like everyone in the party was like, wow, you know the word learned? So this, is like, this is a consistent trend with him. Load's actually a genius, and none of us realize. Yeah, Not intelligence eighteenth. This is all the long. Um, <laughs> with that, Tyler, uh, with invisibility, I'm also going to cast uh, Pass Without Trace, just okay. to help, uh, just that much more. And then once I do get the invisibility, I will go inside. Uh, so you push open this door and, and gently move it back to uh, its original position behind you. Um, and as you you walk in. Uh, you see that this temple has been kept immaculate despite the chaos outside. Uh, it's as if the, the holy ground that this temple sits on seems to have kept the fiends and the, the chaos out. Uh, you, you walk straight into a circular room. Uh, there's a round pedestal in the center and an entrance on the other side of the room. And on this pedestal in the center, there's a baptismal font. 
Uh, you can see that the room is well lit. Uh, you see torches lying around the room. And the um, perimeter of the room um, is essentially floor-to-ceiling bookshelves. Um, and draped every 10 or so feet uh, between these bookshelves are long purple banners with a gold emblem on it. Uh, the emblem is of a fist, uh, a gauntleted fist with an arrow uh, clutched in its hand. Um, and uh, because you rolled a very high perception check, you also hear um, leather sandals on the stone floor across the room. Um and you can see a um, human male, kind of mid-50s, uh, longer uh, gray beard. He looks very worn. Uh, he's wearing a dark brown cloth robes, um, just very shaken up, sitting in the fetal position on the stairs across the way, um, kind of rocking back and forth. So with this, um, re I'm guessing the um, the banners are religion based, mm -hmm. just because it looks like I'm in a church. Would I know what religion that would be? Uh, roll a religion check. Nope, I don't. So that is a nat one. Uh, you have never heard of this before. Cool. Um, if I rolled higher, I was gonna fuck with him, but. I'm going to pretty much cast message to John and say, uh, come on in. There's just a uh, very scared uh, priest in here. Okay. Uh, I relay it to the rest of the party, and I say, should we do marching orders and um, have Lode go in first? It's just one person. If he's very scared, then that's the best idea. Because I'm so tough and handsome. Yeah. Yes. Lode. I think I think you should go in, John. Actually. All right. <laughs> so I lead the way, and I go uh, into the church. Uh, so you push the the door open, and it it creaks slightly. And as it does, uh, Tobar, you see, since you're already in the room and, and kind of have eyes on him, you see the uh, the priest kind of look up, and you see sunken eyes and just a weathered, beaten down face. Um, gray hair all over, uh, kind of white at the top, and he looks rough. And Jean, you can now see as as you make your way in the room, he's looking up towards the the door, um, kind of at you all. Um, and he he looks at you and did by the grace of Denier, how are you alive? How did you, how did you make it? Is he talking to Jean? <laughs> to Jean, yeah, because you just walked in the room and he, he's, uh, you're the only person he sees. We we fought our way here as a team. We're looking for survivors. We're trying to help. I can't believe it. Denier protects us. I thank the gods you're here. He he just looks shaken. He doesn't seem to have much to say at this point just kind of looks down and goes back to 
almost rocking back and forth in his fetal position. This church looks pretty untouched. Um, have you not encountered any of the beasts, monsters, creatures? Uh, it's it's only by the grace of Denier that we have been fortunate enough to save our temple. Um, at this point, I'm going to make another message to John and say, ask him what his name is. I say, what is your name, friend? I am Father Dowd. I roll an insight check. I rolled a 17. What's the vibe I'm getting from this guy? Uh, this guy is scared. Um, seems broken. Not unlike the the feeling that you got from Droman at the farm um, after he, he came back out of his stasis. Um, he is genuine um a, a 17 like he he seems on level um very thankful that you are here i feel like by this point i've i've also come in okay there are there are more of you yeah i think var too by denier's grace i i try to comfort him um i i you know uh I don't know. Uh, if he's sitting down, you know, I might pour him a, a glass of water if it's nearby and, and and just try to comfort him, let him know that, hey, we're working on the situation uh, and we would like to send other people here since this looks like kind of a bit of a safe haven. Denier will protect. Um, please send, send anyone you can. Denier will save. Can we talk about Denier? Can Voir can do a religion check on the um, both on Denier and on the uh, wall, the tapestries? Yeah, um, and I was about to say that is what my nineteen religion was too. I wanted to know if I knew what Denier was, but okay. I was letting people talk. <laughs> yeah, so with that nineteen religion check, um, Denier is a known god. Um, not widely um, followed, but mm -hmm. has enough to be a god that you have, have come across um, in your travels. Um, Denier is a god of protection. The symbol that you see on the tapestries is the, the symbol of Denier, uh, a gauntleted fist holding an arrow. Can I have everybody roll a history check for me? Man, not my night. <laughs> <laughs> 20, Nat. Nice. Nat, 20 for Tobar, and a 15 for, for Jean, 6 for Lode, 8 for for Voir. Uh So, Tobar, the name Denier really isn't much to you at first. But as you're, you're standing uh, inside the temple um, and talking to Father Dowd, you remember something, um, something that you've come across in your travels from the eastern side of, of Ursulonia towards Ravenbell and such. Um, and you realize where you've heard the name Ealdir before, the, the name of the temple. And you can't replace if it was in a book that you read or some bard's tale that was told 
Uh, but you know that Yaldir was a famous knight uh, that followed Denir, who came from Or's Rest. Um, and Ealdir was around before the devastation, uh, which is when the gods left the mortal plane. Um, and Ealdir had fought during the invoked devastation and protected the citizens of Or's Rest and is known for single-handedly protecting a gate from incoming invaders for several hours before falling, um, all wearing the the tapestries, the, the markings of the gauntlet with the, um, the arrow. Um, and so this temple you can surmise is named in his honor. Um, and that Denier does provide protection, especially those that, that fight in his, his honor. Okay. Um, does this priest still look like frightened or scared or anything like that? As you're, you're continuing to talk to him, he looks a little more at ease, but still very, very just beaten awesome. up and mentally raw. Is there a, like, altar or something, like, up in the front of the uh, church? Like, up on, like, I don't know, up by the bowl? Uh, there, There's just the bowl in the, the center of the room. Um, with them talking, I'm going to go up to the bull, but I'm going to be like, let's say I'm on this side. Okay. I want the priest to be on literally the opposite side of the bull from me. So wherever that may be. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, with that still being invisible, still, he has no idea I'm even here. Um, I'm going to pretty much in my loudest, deepest voice go down. Do you hear me? You you see him, and he falls to his knees, sobbing. Rise, my child. He doesn't. He's you just... are in the graces of my protection in e or Ealdir's temple. None shall walk through that door that are evil. Protect all of these chain breakers, and they will defend you. Spread their word that they are my defenders. This seems rough. Uh, make I, a pers uh, persuasion check. Do I get advantage because I'm invisible? Um, yeah, I'll give it to you because you you use the. Uh, Can I do the opposite? Can I give him disadvantage and drop concentration? <laughs> If you want to, if you want to drop concentration, you can. This feels wrong, man. Yeah, if if you drop concentration, that takes away. I'll trust Tobar and where he's going with this. He's like, oh my god, my god's finally speaking to me. He's like, I'm invisible. The guy's like, now we were just fucking with you. Well, if that's the case, then if you do drop, I'm going to try and hide behind this thing with pass without trace. So. If you want to drop it, I mean, go for it. No, no, I'm, I'm okay. I'll trust you. Okay. So I have a 20 persuasion. 20. Um, he he kind of looks around uh, for for a second, and uh, he, he slowly rises to his feet. I, I will. And as he stands up, he puts his hands on the, the bowl, and it causes you to look down, and you see... The bowl is empty, save for a note, just a, a piece of parchment 
sitting inside the bowl. Is it rolled up or is it? It open? is rolled up. Okay. I'm not going to say anything or do anything else. Okay. <laughs> well, that was crazy. Yeah, that was really weird, dude. Uh, why don't you wow. take a seat? <laughs> Lowe's mind is blown. Yeah. <laughs> don't mean Father a dog every day. like nods at the suggestion to go take a seat and goes and finds a, a chair off to the side of the, the room. Uh, I sit next to him. Walking away, I would like to pocket that note. Okay. I'm not going to look at it, just pocket it. All right. I'll, I'll um, play him a small, familiar song that he would probably know, um, just to make him feel a little better. Okay. Uh, go ahead and roll one more persuasion check for me, Sean. Oh, I did performance. Uh, I rolled... Oh, performance will work. Okay. 31. 31. Yeah, that, that definitely will work. Uh, he definitely calms down at the, the familiar tune, and uh, he begins to describe very much the same scene that Droman Hay had, had described. Um, a black and white world with a single lone dead tree uh, with their mind just full of screams um, being tortured for, for days upon end um, while they were in this place. And to them, it just felt like just a single moment had passed uh, from when the darkness had taken over to when you all had walked in. Um, and... He, he continues to, to kind of work through a lot of this this tough memory of the last what seemed like years for him uh, in this torturous state. Um, and he continues to talk. Rife here. I'll come back to you real quick. As you hear the... Um, the screams of these creatures grow louder you fear looks at you come i i know a place and he points off to the the distance and you see a large domed building um that everywhere else looks to be in various states of ruin. Uh, some buildings have collapsed. There are a lot of places that are on fire in the darkness, uh, but you see blue sky kind of uh, ahead of you uh, over this domed building. And All right. um, he, he points and leads you toward this uh, remarkably, inexplicably untouched dome structure off in the distance on the way I'm there i'm gonna ask him i jumped through the portal that brought me here with a half elven man name was daffin have you seen him anywhere seen any half elves you see a, a slight smirk appear at the the corner of yufer's mouth daffin is daffin you you wonder why urzan found you so easily how long have you been traveling with this man? I don't know. Two days. And uh, let me guess. He displayed inexplicably strong power. Yeah. Unexplained abilities. Well, I didn't think unexplained. I just assumed he was like a well Unassuming. Yeah. Something like that. Urzan is always trying to keep tabs on us. 
so that was that was a a formation of him in our world he nods oh good i was nicer to him than everybody else in our group that will serve us well still any urson has a really nice jacket of mine not that i care just yeah i don't know if it would fit him normally still when making deals with a devil such as urson you can never be too careful and that's where we'll end tonight's session It's Evie, the Disaster DM. Have you heard of the DM Disaster Story? I just did, but I don't know what. We're a D&D AP podcast featuring the Disasters, a group of players who all dumped intelligence and have been locked into adventuring contracts that they couldn't read. I don't know. I, I'm confused. Stuck on an island for a year, these Chaos Gremlins, as affaffectionately dubbed by the DM, <laughs> love this. This is why we have to befriend them. Cluelessly cause chaos through captured monsters turned allies, senseless conspiracies, and an unusual number of references to root vegetables. Yeah, it's a potato, isn't it? Yeah, it's a potato. Or or a possibly a former potato. If you like fabulous and snarky NPCs, mysteriously powerful coins, adventurers that shoot themselves in the foot, not literally, yet, and, not one for a and funny campaigns with tons of roleplay shenanigans, we could be your disaster story. You can find us online via your favorite podcast services at www.dndisasterstory.com or on Twitter and Instagram as at dndisasterstory.com.